Hello and welcome to the live series podcast where I bring to you some of the best technology leaders across Europe who are prepared to give up their time to share their expertise, stories and ideas in a way to bring the tech community together and inspire the next generation of software development professionals. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Dua Rissalanian who is the new CTO at Upvest in Berlin and a previous CTO at TransferWise. Now, Upvest are a Berlin-based fintech that enables platforms to offer digital securities to investors. Dua has a wealth of experience spanning 20 years in technology, starting out as a software engineer back in Helsinki and then progressing his career through to a CTO. So, Dua, welcome. It's great to have an opportunity to speak to you. How are you today? Uh, fine, thank you. And uh, it's great to be here. Um, it's, uh, nice to be invited. Good. Well, obviously, I've got um, I've got a lot of questions for you, Jua. Um, we've only got um, usually these things only last for around about 20, 25 minutes, and we've got a huge amount of content to get through um, over the last twenty years. I don't know if I'll be able to cover everything, but we'll uh, we'll give it a go. So, um, typically, I tend to start the the podcast by just introducing yourself, and if you could just tell the listeners a little bit about you, how you got into software development, and, and how you've kind of progressed your career from there. Yeah, all right. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm from Finland originally, and I was born in the 70s. So early 80s, when uh, computing started to uh, come into the home, I was one of the lucky ones who, who had a chance to get a, a, a personal computer at home. Like I think it was Commodore VIC-20 or, or Commodore 64 at that time. Uh, I think it was 1986. Uh, uh, it was uh, quite exciting. And back at that time, uh, you booted up the computer and it opened up into a basic inter interpreter basically so uh, you had to start writing stuff into it uh, to get something done and uh, even uh, to load a game uh, but uh, pretty soon uh, you started uh, reading the manuals and uh, uh, writing small uh, basic uh, apps basically uh, uh, first from the from the book uh, just to see what happens but uh, pretty soon when you started tweaking like what if i change that number and what if i i uh, add a new line uh, with some different uh, values in it, uh, uh, what happens then? And you saw things uh, change in the screen, which was like super exciting for a, a, a eight, nine year old uh, child. So uh, <laughs> that was pretty much when I was hooked that this is the future and, and I'm going to make my career around this. Uh, so basically, uh, I've been quite lucky that I've already always known what I want to do for a living uh, ever since that. It's amazing. But yeah, then, then I ended up uh, going, going to, to school and, and, and university around the same topics and ended up uh, getting my first jobs in the industry as a developer. So Fantastic. that's the beginning. Perfect. So how, how did you progress from there? So you started out as, a, as an engineer and you were, you were in Helsinki, um, but uh, you've, you've worked all you know, in a variety of locations across Europe, haven't you, throughout your, your career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the beginning, I actually uh, uh, had a few jobs in Tampere, uh, a smaller city in Finland, uh, with one of the big operators, mobile operators, uh, just doing reporting software with Perl or something like that uh, on, on one of the first IPTV pilots that they were doing. But uh, yeah, after a few years, I, I, I went to Helsinki and applied for this uh, uh, mobile developer role. Uh, back then, it wasn't iPhones or Android, it was still Nokia time. So was Symbian and C++, hardcore, hardcore stuff, uh, uh, which I had learned in the, in the uni, C and C++ mainly. 
so I got the job and moved to Helsinki to work for this agency that I ended up staying uh, with for 10 years uh, and, and grew with the company. Uh, I think that was actually quite lucky because we were four founders and then uh, I think I was the sixth employee when I joined. So 10, 10 guys in a small office in downtown Helsinki working uh, with stuff for uh, uh, Nokia and, and building a, a small product of their own at the time as well. Uh, and then uh, having the chance to really grow into different areas and domains uh, over those 10 years and, and basically grow with the company. I think uh, in the end when I left, uh, we had offices in four countries and like 500 people uh, all over Europe. Uh, uh, so so I think that was really lucky for me as well to, to be able to have my hand in so many different things and domains and, and a mobile backend, a bit of front end uh, project management. So. Uh, it was sort of like a even better uh, for my career as a, as a school or, or learning than 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 uni was. Uni was preparing me for for all the learning, yeah. and, and, and basically the the IT careers are basically continuous learning. So you can't stand still uh, in this industry. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Did you um did you kind of fall into a, a leadership role within that particular position, or did you? Uh, yeah. I think it's quite natural, in, uh, especially in those days, because uh, everything was booming and everything was going great. Uh, we were growing and there were uh, more customers than we can handle. So, so basically a lot of the people who had sort of grown and, and been around and developed uh, stuff ended up sort of uh, having to take leadership for their own projects. But then, uh, obviously over time when more, more people uh, joined and, and you were part of hiring people, uh, as I was part of uh, setting up a few offices, like the company one was basically, I was the first employee there and also uh, part of setting up the Berlin and London offices. Uh, you hire a lot of people and obviously uh, you've been around, you know more about how the company works internally. You sort of fall into this uh, uh, leadership role sort of by accident. Uh, but uh, I never, never really uh, had any problem with that because uh, I have a lot of uh, opinions and obviously with experience, a lot of uh, uh, knowledge on how to try to do things uh, uh, the best way, I think. <laughs> so uh, it, it's did sort you, of did, a natural progression, yeah. Yeah, did you, did you have a mentor or anybody that you were kind of you were working alongside? Because obviously at that point, you know, you, you progress through from a, from a developer into, into a more of a senior role, but then you start in talking about opening up other offices across, across Europe. That's, you know, quite a bit, quite a big step, isn't it? So I suppose where where did that where's that come from? I suppose from from yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, at that time when we were still in Finland and, and uh, uh, growing, uh, I used to do a lot of networking. I used to go around and talking to more people, senior people, and, and get their opinions and, and sort of, uh, hey, how did you guys solve that? And, and, and what do you think about that? And, and just uh, uh, networking in general, where you get to meet a lot of uh, people, and I, I think I've had a lot of help. Uh, that over the years but obviously like in, in the early days of my career at the agency there were sort of uh, people who had founded the company for example and, and had a bit more experience than myself uh, uh, they were also supportive and, and things like that and I, actually uh, the person that was in the team sort of the senior engineer when I joined for the first time uh, in 2004 I think in, in, at the company uh, they were younger than me, but they'd never gone to any school. So they, they self-taught everything, but they were like a super hardcore hacker and, and developer. And they taught me really quite a lot, uh, which is I, I'm grateful for. Uh, 
Perfect. So you, you're not um, you're not one of these people that um, believes the myth that you have to go down the the education route as a as a developer. You know, you, you could potentially you know self taught yourself, and, and you could equally be as as good a developer self taught as you could be going from university. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, you can be a, a good developer without uh, like a formal education, but obviously there's there are benefits to to a formal education like. Uh, you get a breadth of knowledge and, and much more context around why things work this way uh, because you know all the nuts and bolts underneath as, as well and, and, and have algorithmic uh, uh, thinking and, and, and security and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you can still be productive in uh, just by self-learning and, and coming through boot camps and, and whenever I'm hiring as well it's it's not really important if you have have a degree or not. It's, it's about the mindset and, and your ability to solve problems basically so those are the main things yeah so it's, it's, i suppose understanding the product as well as just being a coder yeah and especially now later on in my my career uh, uh, the concept of an engineer sort of uh, evolved like uh, i spent some time at transferwise uh, just before i joined upwest is where uh, and even at upwest our engineers are, are product minded so so uh, uh, What's the problem we are solving, and, and why why do we do this? We're not just building a product for the fun of it. Uh, we're building a, pro a product to solve a problem. Yeah. Uh, so so all the engineers uh, need to have a bit of this thinking about from the, from the user's point of view. Uh, so you can't. I think I think that is one of the most important things nowadays. You have to have that mindset uh, rather than just be a hardcore. I, uh, give me a spec, I'll I'll implement it. Uh, those are yeah. the days of the past. Yeah, ultimately, what, what problem are you solving with, with the product that you're actually creating? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So uh, you touched upon your, your time there at, um, at TransferWise. Um, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, did you, do you move um, from, from that role in Helsinki over to, to TransferWise? Is that how, how that kind of happened? No, actually, I, I, I was in Berlin at that time. Uh, I'd been a, a, a running a corporate innovation with Daimler, uh, so working on blockchain stuff already there. Right. Uh, but then uh, TransferWise had an opportunity to join them as one of the uh, uh, sort of director level roles. Uh, I wasn't the CTO for TransferWise, I was CTO for uh, a product line called TransferWise for Business. So basically uh, uh, responsible for the because TransferWise is becoming a platform and it was uh, wanting to go that way that it's not just a website or a mobile apps anymore that's the, the product it's the actual platform and, and, and exposing that via apis and, and and integrating it where companies and people actually use the money so uh, yeah moving to a platform play uh, so that was part of my department so we had uh, i think eight nine teams in the business stripe about 80 people half of them engineers and, and we were delivering on all the all the business uh, customer segment uh, features okay how, how big was the um was the department when when you first joined because i think during your time you had quite significant growth didn't you to, during that time yeah and, and uh, we had a few teams and, and the whole business side was quite fresh at transferwise it was a, a originally a consumer focused uh, uh, product uh, and, and the business side had sort of uh, organically grown over the last two three years uh, but we had a few teams there but uh, most of them were missing technical leads and, and things like that. So uh, part of my two years there uh, was really organizing this and hiring, hiring uh, aggressively. So uh, 
engineering side, we probably doubled over the last two years. Uh, uh, but so did the whole transfer was. I think uh, we doubled engineering from 200 to 450 over there. Right. So was there. Yeah. What was the, um, I suppose, what's the biggest challenge with, um, you know, with, with scaling a, a team that quickly, I suppose, because a lot of a lot of businesses, particularly in your bigger cities like London and Berlin, et cetera, they, they really find it hard to attract and, and retain the, the, the best people. So although you, you may be hiring quite a lot of people, there's always that kind of attrition of people who are, who are dropping out at the same time. How did you go from maybe 200 to, to 450 in, in such a short pace of time? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's a few things to it. Transfer-wise, they have built and, and we're building a, an awesome internal recruitment team with global presence. So, so then we had uh, like a dedicated uh, recruiter working on like uh, roles uh, and uh, really, really driving that. Uh, I don't think it would have been possible otherwise. Uh, but then again, um, TransferWise was starting to uh, have enough publicity that people know the company globally already. We were one yeah. of the unicorn club already, but also profitable, which is quite rare in, in the other fintech unicorns in, in London and yeah. Europe. So uh, in that sense, we had a lot of traction, like people wanted to apply to, to work for, for us. Uh, then on the other hand, uh, we wanted to keep the bar high. So sometimes uh, uh, the number of people who went through the whole process was quite low. So we had to basically keep, keep up the standards. So uh, yeah. uh, as not to uh, let the product suffer and the, and the engineering work. So it's a, it's a fine balance. But again, like transfer-wise and even now at Upwest, uh, uh, work really we want to build longer-term relationships with uh, people so that they're willing to give us, like, let's say, three, four years instead of the industry average two years. Uh, so so uh, taking a, a note from the Silicon Valley playbook is that, okay, everybody gets uh, part of the success. So, so uh, giving, having an options program for developers, for example, when they join, uh, uh, helps us uh, engage them uh, for a longer period. Like uh, you have a four-year vesting period, uh, you stay with us for four years, uh, uh, and then uh, let's see what happens after that. Yeah, so those kind of things. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, I think I think we need to push those more in in Europe. Uh, uh, take a note from the, the our brothers in in, in the US. Cool, cool. How how, um, how did the did you have a particular vision as to where you wanted to go as a, as a business, and, and and how important was um, I suppose everybody within your teams understanding that vision to help you kind of get. To where you wanted to be over that over that time. Yeah, uh, TransferWise is really a, a quite a low hierarchy organization and, and uh, uh, mission driven. So so everybody all, always knew that what the mission is like: make money borderless, so basically as as fast as possible, as cheap as possible, as convenient to use as possible. So if you didn't didn't have any other guidance, uh, uh, those were the the rules that you back to like, like you always knew what to do if i can make it easier for my customer then that's what i'll do sometimes uh, we did that uh, for the benefit of the customer over over the benefit of the company and so it's always like really customer driven like uh, we everybody was there to build the best product possible so right. that's a really quite unique uh, and uh, the atmosphere was quite good as much always about some of the fintechs in, in london for example uh, so uh, I think that's 
quite important and, and what, what I've been using uh, ever since and, and even before that is that you, everybody, uh, what's the purpose of the company, what's the mission we want to achieve, uh, uh, rally everybody behind that and then you can uh, derive your strategy and, and your uh, more tactical pieces uh, around that, but uh, what's behind everything, so that, that's what we want to do. It helps, helps everybody uh, align, basically. Fantastic. Fantastic. What would you say, you know, when, you, when you're hiring for, for developers, and I, I have um, a similar question to, to all the kind of um, engineering leaders that I speak to when, when I'm doing pieces of recruitment for them, but what, what emphasis are you putting on technical skills in comparison to personality skills? Because I'm, I'm seeing that there is a little bit of a shift in terms of what people are looking for, because you, you can teach technical skills, but you can't change somebody's kind of personality, their drive, technical interests outside of work. Are, are those the type of things that you, that you look for when, you, when you're hiring? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an art to itself, like how, how do you build a, 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 like a well-functioning team? You need different types of people in there like not everybody can be super extrovert but also not introverted so you you build around different uh, 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 people that uh, basically complement each other so so you have more outgoing people who can manage and, and, and talk to stakeholders especially like at transverse where everything was built around this autonomous teams so uh, i didn't tell my teams what they need to work on they they did the research themselves uh, from the customers and the market and all that kind of stuff. And, and my boss, Harsh, who was the whole city of Transwise, he didn't tell me what we need to work on. So we did all, our teams did their own research and, and, and decided their roadmap themselves. Uh, so the leadership was much more coaching style. So in that environment, maybe, maybe sometimes the more extroverted people sort of rose to the leadership roles a bit faster than the others. So uh, that may be the downside of, of that model. but. Yeah, there's, there's room for all kinds of people. So you just have to find a good balance in a team. You, uh, you don't want to hire rock stars who, who, who just want to do everything themselves and not be a part of a team or, or, yeah. or uh, so that's, that's a skill I've been sort of honing for the last 10 years that I've been hiring. Is, is how do you build a highly functioning team with different types of uh, personalities. Perfect. Perfect. So you, um, so you, you, the last kind of two and a half years, you were you were at um, Transferwise, and you've recently joined Upvest, who, who I know are a, a very well respected up and coming fintech in in Berlin. Um, and you've joined there, obviously, at one of the, uh, the one of the worst times in in history, in, in the middle of a pandemic, I suppose. Are you completely remote there at the moment, or are you are you in the office? And, and how have you found that that transition to to moving into a new business in, in this period? Yeah, I mean, uh, I do admit that when we were moving in June, uh, uh, Heathrow was quite empty <laughs> when we were flying and we had to actually produce uh, uh, documents uh, on the reasons why we were flying. So uh, apparently having a job and, and, a, and a flat in another country was reason enough for flying. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, we had a period of, of uh, fully remote here as well uh, uh, before I joined, but now we are sort of quite flexible. We have a new office uh, space uh, here in the Silicon Valley uh, central uh, Berlin area. Uh, people are free to come to the office and, and we do come to the office whenever we do like whiteboarding and stuff like that. But for example, now I, I've been working from home today and, and a lot of the engineers work from home most of the days. So uh, I think it's it's going to change a bit like 
uh, in, in the future, more, more and more remote. Uh, I think the main thing for us, especially, we're really in a, uh, we have a product out there. We've raised our A series uh, last December, and uh, uh, now we're building our sort of second generation uh, uh, stuff. We need to move fast, and, and we need to have uh, as little of, uh, obstacles to communication as we need. So uh, that's why uh, remote people need to be in the adjacent time zones. Uh, we do have some people who are in the, in the North America time zone, uh, but we can still manage that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be like a mix of office and, and, and home office uh, going forward. Yeah. Now I've um, I recently actually put out a poll today um, to my network on LinkedIn about um, about re remote working and about about I suppose the the future of tech. Where, where do you kind of see technology kind of moving to? Do you see it remote? Do you see it um, kind of completely in the office, or do you see it as a mixture of both? Really? Yeah. Like I said, I think it's going to be a mixture. Like there's always times when you need to come together and, and, and ask things also, especially like we're doing a lot of uh, architecture and, and uh, sort of high level planning now where we're going to, uh, 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 I like to whiteboard a lot with my engineers, for example. Uh, yeah. I even bought a, a Wacom uh, tablet with a pen stylus at home to try to do online whiteboarding, but I'm still crap at that. So uh, you know, I still like to go back to the office for that kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously, you know, uh, we're observing all these uh, safety rules and, and audit masks and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's going to be a mix. Uh, some companies will go for remote uh, who have who are sort of equipped to do that already. Uh, but like I said, we're in a in a stage where we we could theoretically do it, but uh, there's so many benefits still for us to come together at yeah. certain points. I think I think having a, a mixture is, is definitely the right way forward. Um, you know, the reason why I put that poll up today was because um, over the last kind of couple of weeks, I've been speaking to people who have been saying that they're moving because their company has moved completely remote and they do want to have that office environment feel. Maybe not all the time, but just as a little bit of a flexibility. And on the flip side, there's people who don't want to be in the office at all and they're looking to leave because their their business is just completely in the office. So having that. that balance I think yeah. is really important yeah and, and uh, a topic that touches on this is uh, I've seen on LinkedIn some discussions around like uh, uh, obviously salaries come into play like uh, even yeah. as well as like different locations have different salary bands so so if you're you're based in London getting London salaries and then you move to Estonia uh, probably can't expect the same London salary anymore so yeah uh, that that's another uh, point point to this. Uh, whereas uh, some companies just pay uh, Silicon Valley salaries to everybody globally uh, when they're remote, but that's not feasible for most of the companies. So no, no, exactly, exactly. What's um what's the biggest challenge that you've that you've kind of faced since you've been since you moved to to Upvest? Well, I mean, uh, we had a bit of a shift inside. Uh, so half of the leadership team is now new. So we. Uh, on the same day uh, as I jo joined, uh, we had a new VP growth start, and, and a month earlier we had a, a new head of people join. So uh, we had to really get to know each other first uh, as a leadership team. So so we did some workshopping and, and, and offsites around that as well, <laughs> and and then sort of uh, formulating together like a, a basically good chance for the for the 
existing leadership team to also like uh, articulate like what's the what's the purpose of the company what's the mission so we work through all of that together and now now we sort of have a have a strategy go to market strategy for over over the next uh, time periods and, and then from that onwards getting to know the product uh, as usual and now now really formulating this product roadmap and uh, trying to get enough people to to be able to deliver that <laughs> so uh, uh, we're still hiring like uh, like no tomorrow, basically. So we're still we're a small company, still about twenty five people. Engineering is is ten, but uh, probably we'll be getting five to ten more engineers this year or, or next year. What's your what's your tech stack? What's, uh, what do you, what are you coding in? What you what you typically looking for? Yeah, so now we're very like we're B two B API business, so we don't have any uh, front end or UI stuff. So we're betting heavily on GoLang. So it's it's a really productive. Uh, a natural fit for cloud native backend stuff. Uh, so yeah. we're having Golang uh, backend guys, and obviously cloud native. So we're on the Google Cloud, but it's it's Docker and Kubernetes. So uh, any any uh, anything like that. Perfect, perfect. Just um, just finally, Gio, because I'm I'm conscious of time, and I don't want to take up your your whole day. Um, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to anyone. Um, looking to kind of make a, a transition into tech leadership what, what advice would you give them well i mean coming from the nordics uh, uh, i always uh, uh, value my values are based on uh, trust and transparency so to me that's the first thing uh, so always always uh, be open about like okay it's okay to say i don't know uh, I, I don't know yet but i can find out uh, so uh, but basically, nowadays leadership is more about empowering your team. So uh, uh, think about what do you want to convey to your team, like what's the message, the direction we're going for, and, and these are the sort of uh, uh, restrictions we have to abide by. Like for example, now we're above in licensed financial institutes, so obviously we have regulatory stuff and all that kind of stuff. But basically, show the direction and give them all the support that they need. Uh, you hire smart people, engineers uh, uh, to deliver stuff, so they don't need to be told by hand what what to do. So you give them direction and enable them and, and unblock them and, and let them go. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, Joe. Well, um, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you you taking the the time to to speak to us. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Um, and if everybody who's listening, hopefully you've all enjoyed it as well. Um, if you have, can you please like, comment, and share it with your friends and colleagues? And I'll see you again on the on the next episode. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you.